I'm Wakefield. It's the Nolan Carnet Show, inviting you to join Nolan as guest this week, Joe K.O. to the show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Nolan. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the show. And joining me is a very special guest. It, it holds a lot of value to me because if you're from the southern Massachusetts area, Rhode Island area, you know this man. You've seen his face on NBC 10 for many, many years. He's the one and only Joe Kayata. Joe, how are you doing today? Oh, how you doing, man? Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, you know, growing up, and as I just said in the intro, growing up in Rhode Island watching you, this is a, a big deal for me, like as, as it was for Frank. So to be as open and willing to do this, it, it means a great deal. Um, what I what I first want awesome. to, great to, to be here, man. What I first want to ask you, you know, obviously we're in some interesting times, some wild, crazy times. So for you, doing what you do for a living at this point of the pandemic, how's it been? Oh, at this point, it's it's much better. It's like things are pretty much getting back to normal as we speak. Uh, we just had NCAA tournament, stadiums are full, opening day with baseballs coming up. Um, so at this point, everything's great. It, it was a tough couple of years. And I think when you're a sportscaster and sports go away, um, I think it was very difficult at first because I was doing whatever I could to um, not do news during it. They basically said if, if you're able to keep coming up with sports ideas or sports-centered uh, ideas around the pandemic, you can keep doing it. If not, we're going to call you over to the news side. So I did whatever I could. Um, I started doing a, a play of the day, which basically I just had people send me clips of like high school kids, kids, elementary school kids taking shots, doing um, basketball shots, like people are doing like ping pong balls, like whatever people could do. And I think we did like 109 days, 110 days straight of that during the pandemic because we had nothing and and we didn't have any sports and people loved it. And we would do the the NBC 10 play in the night and it worked out well. But uh, and then things started slowly coming back and now things are pretty much all the way back. Um, so it's just good as a sports guy to have sports all the way back, you know? Well, I'm sure it, it, it's, it's given you, and I'm sure the other people, in the, whether it's news or the other departments, it gives you a greater appreciation to just be at that place to cover those sports because beforehand you were stranded at home or, or the case may be. I sort of want to talk to uh, start at the beginning for you and sort of talk about your story and anyone who's successful or similar to yourself and anyone in the field like yours or in any other field they sort of have an idea of what they want to do when they're younger and they sort of can tell you know I have something here that most don't but for you what was your relationship like with the news but also sports journalism from an early age and was that something that could be a reasonable career for someone nowadays yeah so when I was younger uh, I realized at a very young age that I wanted to do it I love sports I love their local teams I love watching the Red Sox the Patriots you name it I watched it uh, and I knew at a very young age, like I was, I was decent at sports, but I wasn't great. And I knew I wasn't going to go to the next level. So I always said, like at a very young age, even in middle school, high school, that I wanted to, I, my dream, to be honest with you, was always to be on Channel 10. I grew up in Rhode Island, like pretty much most people in Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, they watch NBC 10. And that's what I did in my household. We always had Channel 10 on. And I remember being young age, being like, I want to, I want to work at Channel 10. I want to be the sports guy. And at that point, Frank was here and um, then I grew up, I, I ended up interning here in high school and then um, flash forward, you know, five or six years later, uh, Frank, who I interned, actually hired me here at Channel 10. And wow. That was 16 years ago. I'm, I'm sure though, at, at that stage, I mean, you also have a certain level of confidence in yourself to say, you know, I want to work at this place and you actually do. I had a musician on 
who played with the Beach Boys in the late 70s and plays with Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys nowadays. And he had the same thing where he listened to that music and he said, I, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be playing with them. And lo and behold, for a short period, he, he played with them. For me, growing up in South Kingstown, when I went to South Kingstown High School, there was no sort of high school type of thing where I could get involved with sports. There was a National Lampoon-esque type of newspaper, but it was more of a comedic, comedic type of situation. But for you in high school, growing up in Rhode Island, was there anything that you could sort of dip your toes in to see to a degree what this world was like? No, so at, at Kremlin High School, when I was there, we didn't have a TV department. Um, so that was tough. So I really didn't have that. But and I recommend this every every time I go speak at a university, a high school, whatever, I always recommend internships. And that's what I preach internships, because it, two things. It, it's one, it gets your in the water if you want to do it, because a lot of people do it, come here. They sit with us. They see what we do excuse me, and then they realize it's not for them. Internships sure. is a greatest way to see if that's something you want to do. Two, you you get real-life experience in the business. And then three, um, you get networking. And that's how, that's what it's all about. And that's what life's really all about. You know, you, you want to get the experience and the networking. And just going back to when I interned here, I interned here, I got the experience. I realized it was something I wanted. And when I came back, remembered me from my internship days and uh, that's really how i landed here and Janet, a colleague of yours i talked long ago on brendan kirby's uh community access tv uh tv show that it was either politics that he wanted to get into in school or journalism at uh, where he went was there any other avenue that you saw yourself going into if sports wasn't for you or is it just sports and that was what you're gonna do when you're older so i went to the university of miami and to be honest with you, sports was my, my thing. You know, I, I really didn't want to go down the news route. Um, I think it was, it's easier to get into news because, um, you know, you think of all the TV stations across the country and, um, you know, how many news openings they have compared to sports departments that really only have two, maybe three sports people at each station in the entire country. So it was much easier to go to the news route, but I just really enjoyed sports. Um, so sports was what I wanted to get into. And. And I actually had a second um, degree in criminology okay. um, at University of Miami. So, uh, you know, if this TV thing didn't work out, I could have been a, a local uh, Cumberland cop so, exactly. or a state trooper. Yeah, That wouldn't have been too, too bad either. Um, now, yeah. I have two friends who I went to high school with, both played tennis with me in, in high school for the team that you covered. You, you often covered, I'm sure, with my dad as the head coach. But they both went to University of Miami, warm weather down there in Florida. And, you know, good sport for you. I don't know what the program was like there at University of Miami in Florida, but what was it about that school besides obviously the warm weather that spoke to you for that, that department? Well, the warm weather was the key factor. Um, I'm not going to lie. Um, and the palm trees and everything else. But what happened was I was supposed to go to Syracuse. Syracuse is one of the best um, communications by, uh, departments in, in the country. And I was all set. I had my paperwork. I was in. Um, and then all of a sudden my aunt called me and she lived down in Florida and she was like, Hey, you should check out university of Miami. Their, their communications department's really growing. It's getting big. They have their own TV station. So I just went down on a whim with my father and we checked it out. We toured campus, we toured the TV station. Um, they had beautiful new studio and, um, it was that trip. And I remember leaving there my father and I looked at each other and I said, yeah, this that is where I want to go. And he, you know, yeah. and he felt the same way after seeing the campus and how beautiful it is compared to Syracuse in the yeah. middle of December. 
Uh, so that, that was basically it. And it was the best decision of my life because it was through going there. I got an internship down there in Miami at the local station. Um, by the time I was a junior, I was on air on the local TV station. I'm doing a high school football show every Saturday morning on WTVJ in Miami. So it was the, the best decision I ever made a career wise. Um, and I really enjoyed my time in Miami. Now, doing my research, and I sort of being a sports fan have, but I, although I wasn't really watching it when I was four or five years old, but when you were attending University of Miami, I know doing my research that although the Dolphins weren't necessarily super successful back then, the, the college football team, the Hurricanes, they were very well with um, uh, Larry Coker and Butch Davis. When you're there as a student covering those teams, what's that like? Because you know you see that nowadays with the URI basketball team a few years ago when they were very well did that sort of you know help realize that you really wanted to do this forward seeing as they were so successful covering them yeah so for me that was awesome because i was basically uh on campus every day and and i like i, I mentioned I, I interned and then i worked at the local nbc station so basically every day i would go from classes and then after classes i'd go over to the football facility and meet our photographer and i'd do interviews with the players um, so for me, I had like inside access because I was at every press conference, I was at all the practices and I was a student. So it was absolutely amazing to see in those teams, uh, we, we should have had back to back national championships. We got robbed in the second one, but we won the cha national championship in 01 and just to be a part of it. And it was, you know, they call it one of the greatest college football teams of all time, that 01 team. Um, so just to be a part of that was, was truly amazing. And I'm sure that definitely, you know, to be part of that, it brings an excitement that you hope happens when you get older. Because as a student journalist, I'm sure you have to deal with making sure you're having opportunities to cover these sports teams and these sports information directors or whoever it may be aren't necessarily going to give you all this time in the world. So you really have to to um, work hard. You mentioned the working at the local station as a junior in college with the high school sports story. Most, you know, nowadays, and I'm sure it's always been the way, you know, most kids have to have a college degree to have a full-time job to get, you know, paid more than minimum wage. As a junior experiencing that still in school, having that on-air job, how did that happen and how did you deal with that at the age that you were? Well, I got very lucky. Um, I, I worked my butt off the first two years um, just showing up at the TV station, whatever they needed me, whatever they wanted me to do. And um, basically what happened was – by the time my junior year came around, um, the producer came up to me and was like, hey, uh, you know, we're, we know you're building a resume tape. You, we think you do a good job. Um, you know, do you want to do this high school show that I worked on anyways? I worked on the high school show. Um, I, I, I took part. I was an associate producer for the show. So I was a big part of the show. But um, at that time, like we were we were covering the biggest football players in South Florida who went on to have legendary careers, Frank Gore. Willis McGahee, Sean Taylor, like the biggest names in football over the next 10 years were in Miami at that point. So he asked me, he went to the, the general manager and the news director and said, hey, we want to put this kid on. I, had to, I, I pitched myself to him and they said, yeah, go for it. And at that time I was 19, 20 years old and um, they put me on and I started doing a weekly uh, show at 9 a.m. every Saturday morning and I do a feature story on it. And then it just kept on growing. I kept on doing it. And then they, they put me on a Miami Dolphin show. And I, I did a weekly Miami Dolphin show. Um, and then, like, when storm coverage hit, like, you know how they just throw, like, every reporter in the building out? Yeah. They threw me out. And they were right. like, go, go with a photographer, be a sports photographer, and go. Yeah, I went to Fort Lauderdale Beach and, and just do it. 
and that was a rude awakening because I never have done yeah. anything like that before. And I was a kid. I was still yeah. in high in college at the point. Um, so, yeah, so I, I got some great opportunities thrown my way at a very young age. And I got really lucky. It's com- a combination, I would say, of luck and hard work. Um, and it, I just made the most out of it. Well, that's uh, and I'm sure that's the case with other fields as well. You know, hard work, determination, putting in the extra hours. And you bring up a good point with the the storm chaser and going out and covering those those uh bad weather storms especially down in florida not as bad as rhode island or bronze not as bad as florida but you know i wanted to ask you about that you know being that you were a junior in college still and you're still i want to say a kid but not a an official adult as you are now where you're coming to stuff how do you deal in that atmosphere where you're still in college doing this where you have more eyeballs on you and your margin of error is still very small well, so I got lucky that um, my professors were very good at the time where they realized that the opportunity that I had in front of me. So rather than going out and doing the normal student projects on a weekend with like your camcorder and whatever, um, my professors allowed me to do what I was doing and they would grade that instead uh-huh. and they would let me work on that. So I could focus on what I was doing, sure. uh, which, was, which was something really special at the time. Um, rather than, you know, not that the things we were doing in class weren't important, but I think they realized that, you know, me being on the, the weekend show um, w- was really good. So they, they allowed me to focus more on that and less on, on the project. So it gave me time to, to do what I was doing. And, and, you know, I was at the same time building an incredible resume tape. Sure. Now, I have been to Florida a few times in the warmer parts of the year down there, so I have some idea what it's like, although you were there, you know, a little bit longer than me. When you came up to Rhode Island a few uh, years after graduating, what was that like to come home and to not just be able to live normally in an August weather here in Rhode Island instead of down in Florida, but to have a job at the station you grew up watching? Well, I was very fortunate of that because, like, um, when I was younger, like I said, this, this like Channel Ten is is a very prestigious TV station in the entire country. Everybody knows about it, but especially here locally, you know, it's been number one for years. Uh, it's just it's it's one of those um, prestigious stations to work at. So for me to come home and actually get a job here, and at that point, people weren't leaving. And it's not like today where there, there's a higher turnover. When when I was younger, like you'd be lucky to ever get a job at Channel Ten. So. I'll, for me to get it at 24 years old, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, I'm going to get my foot in the door. I'll spend a couple of years there. I'll be at home. I can be on TV in front of my family and friends. This is going to be great. And then it was one of those things that, you know, uh, you know, I got here and then I, I moved up. Catherine Tappen was the number two person. She left to go to Nesson and then NBC Sports. And now she's sidelined at the Super Bowl. Um, so she's had an incredible career and I was able to move up. And then, you know, next thing you know, you, you know, you, you get married, you have kids, and then this place is home, and yeah. it turned into a destination um, for me to, to stay here long term. So it's been an incredible journey. Well, that, and I think that speaks, they make another valid point there in terms of longevity and turnaround. And in this field, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're the professional, not myself, but a lot of people move around to their station after a year or three years, whatever it may be, whereas NBC10, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, I'm sure there have been situations like that, but you see Frank Coletta that when he was still working decades. You see Carpano, decades, you're here for a while. Dan Janning, oh, Patrice Wood, all these people have been here for a while. So what does that speak? Does that speak to the trust and confidence that the station has and yourself and the other work that your colleagues produ- produce out there? 
Yeah, it's it says to what the station is, and I think that um, when you get here, you know, you can make a career out of here. Like you, you mentioned that you know a lot of guys. And when I got here, my my mindset was I'd stay here a year or two, build my resume, tape, keep on moving up the ladder, and try to to keep going. But then you see what others do, and they're moving around their whole life, and they're never settled. Where I was able to move up comfortably. Have one of the best runs ever in the last 15 years with six Super Bowls, sure. over three World Series, three NBA Finals, a Winter Olympics, uh, just the best of the best sports-wise. Uh, and it's home, and and it's home. It's a great place to work. And I think that Channel 10 sees the importance of what Rhode Islanders like, and Rhode Islanders like seeing the Patrice Woods, the Gene Valcentes, the people who are there forever. When I was growing up, it was Doug White. Um, people like that. People like yeah. familiar faces. So to now be a familiar face is kind of cool because when I was a kid, I was, I saw the familiar face and I never thought I was a familiar face. And now years into it, it's like, oh man, I'm not one of the old timer. I don't feel like an old timer, but I've been around 16, almost 17 years. So I'm I'm getting up there into the uh, old timer echelon. (laughs) You mentioned the Super Bowls and the other success that New England sports have had that you've been able to cover since you've been here at Entergy 10. What does that say about the 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 ability that you've had to be able to cover stuff this much in your um, career so far, but also the opportunities that you've been gifted with and trusted with from the station? Yeah, it's absolutely incredible to run, as I mentioned, that, that I've had and that sports fans have had in the last 20 years. I've been here for 16, 17 of it, but you know, I was able to cover 16 years of Tom Brady's career. I was able to cover six Super Bowls. Uh, all the Super Bowls, all the World Series, the NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup Finals, um, the Winter Olympics in 2010, it's countless NCAA tournament games, Little League World Series. It's like this has been the place to be. This has been Titletown, really, over the last 20 years. And to be a part of it, like I, I have some friends who are in the business who never covered Super Bowl, sure. and I've covered six of them. So it, it's very cool to say that. And then, as you mentioned, it's cool that, you know, they, the station, you know, trust me um, to, to lead the coverage at some of these events along with Frank Carpano. So it's awesome um, to be a part of it. And I'm just, like I said, lucky to have been during this era because some people go 15, 20 years and never cover a major sports event. Frank had mentioned this when I had him on a while ago. He mentioned, I asked him what his favorite one was after all the things he's covered, Olympics and championship runs and all this stuff. And he had mentioned when the Red Sox broke the curse and won it at home and how that was a special moment. He saw his father who had come the last one or whatever it was and was hugging and crying with his son. Do you have a favorite uh, championship that you've covered in New England sports? I would have to say it's the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history over Atlanta just oh, because to be a part of that and to see and you know to see how that one ended and i remember halftime we're all talking like wow this is crazy um and you know some people thought it could be the end of tom brady at that point um so yeah to be a part of the greatest one uh the other one would be in 07 i thought i was going to be a part of and that was my very first super bowl uh super bowl history the perfect season and i was like this is amazing i'm gonna be a part of this is my first super bowl i'm gonna be part of uh, you know uh nfl history and then they lost so so that was like kind of shook me to my bones like right away because it was my first one ever and i was like oh man this stinks you mentioned it at the beginning talking about the the uh the thing you did over the pandemic with the shots and 109 straight days of that mm-hmm. describe to me if you can how you how that sort of came undone i know it was because the pandemic and there's not a lot of sports going on 
but what how did that come about and what was your end goal with this so really it was i was outside with my kids uh it was like right at the beginning march 15th i think of 2020 and it was like one of the first days that pandemic really hit and nobody could do anything and we were just spending as much time as we could outside and i remember we just started doing trick shots and i was like you know what and i at that point i had nothing to do that night on television i had nothing so i said to my son i said let's do this we're gonna do this thing we're gonna have people send stuff in and then we'll we'll pick the winner and he's like okay my son was seven six at the time um and we did it and like that first night we got like 25 kids sent in um videos and then they just kept on building and every day people started sending stuff in so it really it turned into something like i said it was just something very like we had nothing to do and i made a video being like hey if you have a video send it in and we'll pick the winner it's coming up tonight and then the first one went well and so we did it two days and three days and i think it was like 109 days or something um we ended up doing Wow, that's and I'm sure it was it's tough for you to end that after a while. Now the last the last question I want to ask you for the one more challenge and I'll let you get on your way is I asked this to Frank and I'm curious to get your input. You're obviously a sports guy and you're an athletic person as I would hope most uh, sportscasters and sports journalists are. Seeing as there's seeing as that is yourself and Frank in the sports department, then there's also in the weather now. I know there's RJ, but there's also Mark and Anthony. If you were to play a two-on-two game against Frank, out of between Mark and Anthony, who would you pick for your partner and why? If I had to pick Mark or Anthony? Yeah. I would pick Mark because, like, I don't know if Anthony is very athletic, but I know Mark is pretty athletic. He's a runner. He's a biker. He's a triathlon. He's pretty good at golf. So I know Mark is athletic. So I would go with Mark. I don't know. I don't think Anthony played sports growing up, like high school sports or anything. So I'm gonna go with Mark Searles. And if you if you were with Mark, why do you think you'd be better than your two opponents? Why do you think you'd win? I think we both have speed. He's okay. a runner. I'm short and shifty. Uh, I think speed kills. So I think I think we would we would take Anthony and Frank. Uh, that, that I believe I believe Frank took uh, Mark as well in the first one. I think he gave the exact same answer and reasoning. Now before I let you go, and as I said before, I appreciate the time you. You took a side to do this for me. It means a lot. This is the one word challenge segment. So in this segment, for those who don't know, whoever my guest is, I try my best to come up with five, six, seven topics that have something to do with my guest. And either they can be a town or a place or people or whatever the situation may be. And my guest has to do their best in a word or two or in a sentence to best describe that noun, as you can call it. Uh, Joe, are you ready? Yes. Uh, first one, Cumberland, Rhode Island. The best. Best. Uh, Butch Davis. Best. Frank Carpano. The best. Uh, the Ryan Center. Nice. Uh, NBC 10. Great. And last but certainly not least, Joe Kayada. Mediocre. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think, you know, if you're around somewhere for over 15 years, you have to be, uh, you're a little bit better than mediocre. Well, Joe, I want to say, again, uh, the time you spent to w- spent doing this for me and reach, uh, letting me reach out and being so willing and open time allowing to do this it, it means a, a great deal awesome i'm glad we were able to do it and apologies uh for for missing out yesterday but oh, i'm glad we were able to get this done. no worries well for all those out there who enjoy this episode because you know why the heck wouldn't you do us a favor subscribe yeah. like comment share follow that grand stuff's going 10 years from now when you see joe again at another olympics or another super whatever maybe you say holy crap this is amazing so i better subscribe and all that fun jazz um i it may not pertain to you necessarily but if you want to 
put promote anything or put anything out there, you certainly have the time. But if not, no worries. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. But I appreciate you having me on. And um, best of luck with everything. This was really fun. Thank you. Well, for everyone out there, you want more news and updates, follow on Twitter, Nolan Carr at night, and on Instagram, Nolan Carr. No, at Twitter, Nolan Carr at night, and on Instagram, Nolan Carr at night. And until next week, I'll see you again in the words of Johnny Carson. I bid you all a heartfelt good night. Thank <laughs> you.